0: Also, do you like jumping rope, doing some single-unders, probably some, some double-unders you're practicing? Then go check out Double Under Wonder. On Instagram, it's at Double Under Wonder. They design you the perfect jump rope. You can pick your patterns and your colors for a custom speed rope just for you, made especially that fits your height and your style. So go check them out. They're a great company. We partnered up with them. We're doing a great giveaway. You can check that out on our Instagram, at Weekly Warrior Podcast. And remember, that is at Double Under Wonder on Instagram. Check them out now. You're listening to another episode of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. We back. So, welcome. Come on in, sit down, grab yourself a nice cup of hot cocoa, because today we're going to talk all about recovery from exercise in the gym. Things that you can do outside of the gym, in the gym, with a foam roller, with a Theragun. You ever use a Theragun? You ever heard of a Theragun? They're everywhere. Today, we're going to teach you how to use it and what it actually does. It's really good stuff. So we hope you enjoy. This episode is chock full of good information. We hope you use it. If you have an extra second, scroll on down, leave us a five-star review on that iTunes. And without further ado, please enjoy the episode. Akon. Oh hey. what a what a great start. <laughs> who's that? We're off and rolling here.
1: <laughs> who's who's barking in the background?
0: Those are our guests today. They're getting prepped and pampered for their big moment.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ryder Millie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is gonna be a dog show. We're gonna talk about um their favorite kibble. Uh, The best times to go for walks. We're going to talk exactly what kind of blanket you need for the best recovery when you snuggle at night. Yes. And um, the top three leashes for each season. Woo! So here we go.
1: Here we go. (laughs) So we're going to talk about recovery today.
0: Yeah, all about that. Yeah.
1: Cool. So we came up with a few recovery techniques yes, we that did. we wanted to talk about and we'll dive right in. The first one is sleep.
0: Yeah, sleep. So,
1: yeah, tell me about why sleep is important to our recovery.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we all need sleep um whether we are training or not. It's the ultimate form of getting our brain right again at the very least is resetting our body and brain for the next day. Uh and sleep is by far, we've said this the lowest hanging fruit that I think we can pick in effort to improve our health and recovery from the gym, especially now. Um, so, just by getting sleep, and we can boost our immune system, which is uber important right now. Uh, we can improve our mood. I mean, we're going to increase our exercise performance and reduce stress, which is really the whole point of recovery: is reducing uh, stress and minimizing the effects of stress, which in this case would be physical stress um from the gym in the means of workouts barbell work running rowing things like that so um at the very least people need 7 hours of sleep uh like adults 7 to 9 hours i, I know myself i'm definitely towards the 9 to 10 hours and like i feel good um anything less than that and i like get brain fog pretty pretty easily the next day um so yeah, seven to nine hours for adults. If you're like a higher end athlete, you're going to want probably 10 to 12. Um, so there's three stages of sleep. Uh, stage one is like super light. Like you can be easily awoken. This is not much recovery. Uh, it's basically like taking a nap on the couch. Kind of, you're not really getting super deep restorative uh, rest. Um, stage two is uh, slightly deeper. Uh, so your, your body starts to relax into deep sleep and uh, you begin to produce HGH, which is human growth hormone. Uh, And that's one of the most important hormones that we're going to produce during our sleep. Mm. And stage three is going to be where we want to get to, which is deep restorative sleep. That HGH is going to be produced at a higher rate. Uh, Blood vessels are going to dilate to distribute that HGH through the body. And uh, this stage is, is crucial for growth and recovery. There's, there's no other time throughout the day or night uh, that HGH is produced like it is here. And HGH is that human growth hormone. So if you're trying to build muscle, um, you're, you want this. It's going to be a huge benefit. Um, and if you're not getting enough sleep, so you're not getting that seven to nine hours for whatever reason, Uh, sleep deprivation, like it decreases the production of glycogen and carbs that are used for high intensity exercise. So if we're talking about CrossFit, I mean, those carbs are going to be super important for getting through those types of workouts because CrossFit relies on the glycolytic energy system, which is that, you know, on paper for to write it out, it's like the 400, 800 meter run. It's going to build a ton of lactic acid. Um, and pretty much every workout in CrossFit can fall into that range unless otherwise, you know, coached differently. Mm-hmm. Or if it's just like something like Cindy where it needs to be longer or a uh, Murph is, it can get like that. It just really depends on how hard you push yourself. But for the most part, most CrossFit workouts are short duration, you know, two minutes at a time up to like a 12 minute type of amrap yeah. of high intensity, which you need carbs for that. So sleep deprivation decreases the production of glycogen and carbs that are used for those types of exercise. So less sleep is going to equal possible fatigue, low energy, I mean, poor focus, poor muscle contraction, and that's a huge one. And then it's going to increase your cortisol, which is your stress hormone, which, uh, you know, we don't want an abundance of that in our system all the time.
1: Yeah. Sleep is often overlooked, and I think about a lot of people I know who are chronically underslept. Mm-hmm. They kind of boast about it. You know, yeah. they'll t- kind of talk about, oh, well, I, I only got four hours last night.
0: I'm still rocking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that's, like a badge. I don't know. Yeah. It yeah. Is, it's, a, it's like a trophy. It's, yes. Yeah, you know, I worked 70 hours last week and that's, uh, that's another one that I feel like is, is we, I think it's specific to America to be honest yeah. with you. It's like a, it's a trophy. Yeah. It's, it's a badge of honor. To be proud. Yeah. Yes. And I think I would like to think that it's wearing out and, but I think it's just the space that you and I hold ourselves into, which is, you know, we think that's ridiculous, but people that are saying that like they have their own circle where everybody works 70 hours a week or something, or only gets five hours of sleep. And it's like, normal to them up until a point where they literally can't handle it. And Mm -hmm. they will, everybody will get to that point.
1: Yes. In my world too, it's very overlooked for someone who's trying to lose weight. Mm. So sleep is so important in controlling hormones that affect your appetite and how your body stores fat Mm -hmm. So it's an often overlooked factor, but yeah, if you're looking to lose weight, get sleep. Yeah. I I worked with one client where that's all they changed was getting more sleep and they lost Hmm. a lot of weight from that.
0: Yeah. It's literally like we said at the beginning, it's the lowest hanging fruit. I mean, that's amazing just by switching that simple thing and granted it it seems so daunting for someone that I can relate to it. It's like almost an addiction to stay up late. Um, and every morning you're like, all right, today's the day. Like I'm going to bed early. <laughs> yeah. And then it gets to like eight o'clock again. And you're like, all right, now I finally have free time. I'm going to take advantage and it gets carried away until 11. Yeah. Um, so it can feel daunting. Um, but just by switching something so simple, objectively simple, sleep, it's, it can make a huge difference, like you said. So um, how can we get better at it? I think I, I wrote down four things. One is yeah. do, do more activity during the day. So especially for folks that are sedentary, pretty much sitting at a desk, um, I mean, join a gym. It doesn't have to be CrossFit. Do more activity throughout the day instead of just going home and and sitting further in a chair. Go for a walk. I mean, adopt a dog if you don't have a dog and take the dog for a walk. You're both going to love it. Just dogs do are, more activity.
1: Yeah. Dogs are great for increasing your daily activity.
0: Oh, for sure. Especially a big dog because they yeah. need it or they're going to yes. be little shits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, my second one is room darkening shades. So when I first moved to Houghton, I didn't have a room darkening shade. And Houghton's not a big city at all. But still, the city lights would come through my window and I was getting terrible sleep. It's miserable. Yeah. On top of sleeping on like an air mattress, which it really wasn't conducive at all. Anyway, got a darkening uh, room, darkening shade instantly that night. I was like, wow, I slept so good. Like I fell asleep and I woke up and usually I would wake up in the middle of the night. And just to have that continuous restful sleep was huge. So room darkening shades, it it changes everything. Um, The third one I have is a mandatory bedtime and bedtime routine, which you can relate to a lot.
1: Yes, I'm a big fan of the adult bedtime.
0: Yeah. What time is your bedtime?
1: 8.30.
0: Wow. So wait, <laughs> are you, that's serious. Are you literally tucked in bed at
1: 8.30? No, not necessarily. But usually, actually, usually around 8 o'clock, 8.15, we yeah. kind of start thinking about, okay, we got to wind down. We got to go, you know, do our teeth brushes and yeah. get ready. But if it's even even if it's eight thirty and we haven't started mm. our routine, it's still the thought of oh it's my bedtime, mm-hmm. you know eight thirty is kind of that oh we gotta we gotta get we gotta get to bed. Mm-hmm. But we're okay. So people listening at home, we're also waking up at four thirty right. in the morning. Yeah,
0: so you're waking very <laughs> <particularly>. <laughs> yes, um, yeah, I I I have a bedtime routine, but a bedtime time or a bedtime the hell um i don't have that but i still have my routine i just apply it to whenever i'm kind of winding down Mm -hmm. which at least i'm shooting 50 percent from that so that's pretty good
1: (laughs) i will say it's tough now that the days are getting longer and it's still light out at eight o'clock
0: yeah that makes it (laughs) tough that's gonna go way tougher i remember working at worthy crossfit worthy and being in the summer and having yes. the coach at five thirty, I'd go to bed. I specifically remember a couple of times I went to bed and it was like the sun was out.
1: Yeah. And I was like, so really like, What great. the
0: hell? But I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. And like I remember um, I went to bed at like, yeah, around eight, eight thirty once. And Jess had like a picnic or something with her class. And I didn't go because I was so tired. I was like, I can't go. Yeah. I'm going to bed. I have to be up at four thirty. And she came into my room she like snuck in the house came into my room like woke me up i'm like dead asleep <laughs> and i like wake up i'm like what the hell's going on and it's like 10 30 p.m i've already been sleeping for like an hour and a half yeah it's just crazy um you were anyway. in stage
1: three of your sleep of your rep I know. cycle
0: <laughs> i got there so quick and she disrupted it anyways yeah um that- so that was my number three i think that's super great yeah um Number four is to keep the room cooler. Um, And this is like, okay, like you can go read that on Google, but how do you kind of apply that? Well, I always keep a fan on in my room, A for noise, B because it kind of circulates some air and keeps it a little bit cooler. Um, I definitely do not like being hot when I sleep. It's miserable, it's uncomfortable, and I'm usually moving around, so... Keeping it just cooler somehow, opening a window, turning that fan on, less blankets possibly um, will help you fall asleep. I think we can all relate to that.
1: Being hot and trying to fall asleep is so miserable. Sucks. Another quick tip that I've done is in the summer times when it gets really hot and when I haven't had air conditioning. Mm -hmm. I'll grab ice packs Hmm. from the freezer and stuff them in the bottom of my pillowcase. And that helps a lot. Keeping your pillow, keeping your like neck and pillow cold helps.
0: That's a really good idea. Yeah. Cool. Um, Another one I just thought of is because you said it earlier is one day, just wake up earlier, wake up earlier, like bite the bullet. It's going to suck. No matter what time you go to bed, you might deprive yourself a little bit that one day, but if you wake up earlier and then maybe apply one more rule, do more activity. Well, odds are by the time, if you bedtime is usually midnight, odds are by 10, you're going to oh. be a little bit more tired yes. to go to bed and that'll just help you kind of cycle into a, a better routine. Yeah. Sleeping.
1: You'll naturally just feel tired mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Anything yeah. else with sleep?
0: Yeah, actually, I just thought of one. so when I went hiking, every time I go hiking, backpacking overnight, um, usually it has to be for more than one night. Um, I like they OK. So the first time when I went hiking, we hiked about eight miles in and we started in the morning. It was pretty like lots of elevation changes. We were getting a lot of activity and, and I was exhausted by the time we set up base camp. I fell asleep at like seven o'clock and like woke up and it was still light out. And it was the weirdest thing. Cause I thought it was the next day, but, um, I got really good sleep. Obviously that was more activity, but by the second day I, when the sun started to go down, I naturally was just like super tired. There was no other electronics around to do anything. There was nothing else to do. Um, and then I went to bed pretty much when the sun went down And the next morning I got up when the sun was coming up. What a great feeling. It's Yeah, Yeah. it was super great. It was just that circadian rhythm almost kicking in instantly. Like the second, it had been a third morning, but second day and night, I was like kind of in tune. I think a lot of it had to do with putting the electronics away, but also um, just getting out. I guess my point was getting out and going for a backpacking if you have that um, opportunity, I guess. Is if you can, go do that. Don't bring your phone. Get back in touch with just the sun goes down. It's time to go to bed. Sun comes up. You'll kind of naturally awake.
1: I love that. And what you just said about put the electronics away. Mm-hmm. Maybe read before bed. That helps a lot. Yeah. Just reduce yeah. your screen time before falling asleep. For sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So... Next on our tips to recovery, we're going to talk about massage.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Tell me about massage.
0: Uh, Massage. So there are, oh, there go our little furry co-hosts or (laughs) guests. They're getting excited. Um, Massage has many different forms. Um, So there's trigger point, there's deep circular, um, cross friction, which is probably one of the more popular ones, uh, effleurage, uh, petrissage, skin rolling. Yeah. It's massage. Um, there's, I mean, deep tissue, there's hot stones, Swedish, and then, you know, they go on and on. Um, so the basis of massage is hopefully someone else is doing it to you massage therapist or a physical therapist or a, a PTA, which, um, which I'll be there in a couple of months. But the whole basis is um, to break up scar tissue. It just depends actually on, the, on what form you're doing. So let's go through that. So trigger point massage. Um, this is when you find kind of a really tight muscle. Uh, it's overactive. It's causing some pain. And you put deep pressure into that muscle via your hands, your thumb, or your elbow, or your heel, Um, you put deep sustained pressure into that muscle, hold it 60 to 90 seconds, or until you feel a release, it's going to feel like that muscle is kind of melting away as you put pressure. Um, and then that muscle will relax, kind of let go. And then hopefully the pain will be gone. Um, so that's trigger point massage. I know I can, I do that to myself quite often. And even in school right now and kind of putting it in practice with you and Corey and Jess, Yes, it, it works really, really well. That's and my it's...
1: favorite form of massage.
0: Mm-hmm. I, it's...
1: yeah, I see, it's... I see someone every two weeks and that's exactly what she does. She does trigger point massage therapy yeah. and it's so helpful.
0: Yeah. It's fantastic for, um, athletes or I mean just the normal person that has tight muscles too but athletes are going to have tight muscles yes um, at some point and trigger point will can really take care of them um, so yeah uh, deep circular I wrote that one next so deep circular would be similar to trigger point but you're not holding that sustained pressure so deep circular would be um, if I'm working on someone's low back I kind of have my fingers. Um, on like the erector spinae, which is the two big muscles that run along your spine. So I have my fingers, my three uh pointer, middle, and ring finger, and I like push into the muscle and form a circle. And I would do like uh, what are those things in the ocean called that like like swirls? You know what I'm talking about? Like they swirl and like suck ships down there. You know what I'm talking about? Like a typhoon or something.
1: I know exactly what you're talking about. I have yeah. no idea what it's called. Or if,
0: like, you you're making some hot chalky and like you're stirring up your,
1: <laughs> yes. and it
0: forms like that little divot in the middle. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's Hopefully... like a little
1: tornado in the water. Yeah,
0: like a little tor- a water tornado. A water... So <laughs> you kind of make a water tornado yes. with your hands, and you just go down in a circle.
1: A vortex? No. Yeah.
0: I don't... <laughs> vortex makes sense, but it's not it. We'll find it. <laughs> yeah, we'll find it. So deep circulars, that's what you do. So you go boom, 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 um, down into the muscle and then lift up and you go and either on that same spot again. You just kind of repeat that in a general area and that will um, hopefully relax that muscle and kind of uh, get those fibers running parallel to each other again. A oh, uh, whirlpool. Cross... Is it a whirlpool?
1: I think it's a whirlpool. I, I Googled tornado, tornado water circle. And whirlpool <laughs> came
0: up. <laughs> I think a whirlpool is just something that gives a bunch of waves, isn't it? You know, oh, wait, no, but it's not a whirlpool, that's a wave pool. That would make sense.
1: I think it's
0: it's a whirlpool. It I was in Pives a... of the Caribbean, it's in Pives in the Caribbean 3.
1: Yeah, if you're um, listening, send us a message on Instagram and let us know what it's called.
0: <laughs> yeah, please we'll confirm
1: if it's a whirlpool.
0: We'll send you a sticker. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so cross friction. This is a popular one. So it's exactly what it sounds like. If you want to give yourself a cross friction massage massage on your biceps, you would literally put your fingers on the biceps and go um, perpendicular to the fibers. So the biceps mm-hmm. run parallel from the, uh, the shoulder down to the elbow. Um, so you would go, you know, across from that. And that will actually is really effective, but you have to be careful, especially if it's an acutely injured muscle, um, or you've been dealing with this pain for a long time. Um, so the two different extremes of muscle injury, chronic or acute, you kind of have to be careful, um, cause you can cause muscle damage with cross friction Cause it's pretty intense. Not only does it, uh, help the muscle fibers that aren't running parallel to each other, correct themselves, uh, but can also damage uh, the good muscle fibers because this is so intense, relatively intense. Um,
1: Would you say that might be why it's important to go see somebody? Yes. For this type of thing. So you can implement these techniques on yourself, but it's a much easier when someone else does it. And Mm -hmm. B, they're professional and they'll know if it's an injury that they shouldn't mess with.
0: Yep. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a a best piece of advice. Massage therapist is probably the lowest barrier to entry. Yeah. um, As far as getting this type of recovery, Um, I think those are some of the three biggest, in my opinion, forms of massage. And then the other ones, effleurage, petrissage. Those are effleurage is basically just it's really light massage, increasing lymph and blood flow. Petrassage is like kneading, kneading, uh, ringing. <laughs> so ringing is like picking up your muscle and like acting like you're wringing it out.
1: Oh, um, like a towel.
0: Yeah, it's oh. pretty pretty interesting. I have never really like found a lot of uh, benefit from it when it was done on me. Um, and another cool one was skin rolling, which so your skin can um, can like kind of gunk up with your fascia, which is attached to your muscle. So skin rolling is literally kind of picking up a piece of skin along the muscle fiber, the muscle belly and like rolling that skin up. So it would be like, if I start on my biceps, I would start by my, uh, the front of my, in the uh, front side of my arm, I guess, or my bicep inserts, picking up the skin there and rolling it all the way up to my shoulder, oh, Wow, which is supposed to like break up, um, like, superficial fascia adhesions that might be sticking to your muscle. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's massage. Uh, Did you mention anything about Theragun yet? Are we going into that?
1: Yeah. Tell me, this is interesting because I just got a Theragun. Yeah. So I want to know your thoughts about the Theragun.
0: Theraguns are cool. I think they're used, they're being used a lot more now. I mean, every single company, you can buy one anywhere yes Um,
1: just go on amazon there's so many and there's a wide range of prices too
0: yep um i can't really give specific advice about which brand to buy because i don't personally have one um but i know there's a lot of people that um i think the is their brand literally just it's not called their gun it's something gun what's your brand (laughs)
1: I I couldn't even tell you. I don't remember. I went on Amazon, looked at a couple reviews, and picked something kind of mid-range. Mine was $200. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. um, Either way, this is going to be shaped like a gun, and it vibrates. So it has a head, and it, like, shoots in and out really, really fast. Super high rate of speed. Um, So when you apply this to your muscle, it's going to increase the blood and lymphatic flow. Uh, It's actually going to activate your nervous system. Uh, it's going to excite those muscles and it can break up scar tissue and it can decrease muscle stiffness, but because it can activate the nervous system, um, it could excite a muscle. So if you're trying to relax Mm. a really stiff muscle, it could excite it. And this is where things kind of are blurry. Like the quick, uh, vibration, vibration massages are supposed to be excitatory, um, So you apply that with a Theragun, which is just vibration. It could excite a muscle. Um, But I know I've had a lot of success using them at competitions, especially in between workouts, especially on my calves, it'll really break up, um, scar tissue and it can, it can help a lot.
1: That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. It makes a lot of sense hearing Mm -hmm. you say that it's probably best to be used before a workout.
0: Yes, I would agree with that. It's yeah. similar. I don't want to say it's similar to foam rolling. They're very different. But to f- if you're very tight and you feel tight and sore before a workout, foam rolling a little bit will help you kind of loosen up before you start going doing uh, dynamics. Mm-hmm. So same type of principle, Theragun, before. Yeah, you're right. It will loosen things up, bring some blood without actually moving your body to the area, which Mm -hmm. is good.
1: Yeah. Tell me, tell me about foam rolling.
0: Okay. So foam rolling is basically self massage. I mean, we can apply trigger point release with a foam roller. We can apply deep or yeah, deep, uh, cross friction and we can apply, uh, the effleurage, which is really light foam rolling, um, So again, it's going to break up scar tissue. Uh, It's going to get your um, muscle fibers running parallel with each other. If they're all gunked up, if they're very tight after a workout, especially I'm thinking of my quads, especially Uh, after a big squatting day. I know everybody can relate to that feeling of being super sore, not being able to like pick your legs up or squat down or sit down normal. Um, So foam rolling It's going to bring blood to the area. It's going to break up some scar tissue. Um, It can help you get moving semi-normal before you go do dynamic range of motion and warm up for uh, your day of training. Or if you just want to use it on like your rest day, just to, you know, break up some of those scar tissues, get those muscle fibers running smoothly again. I mean, it's great too. You don't have to specify it before a workout or after a workout. It's something you can do anytime. You can't overdo it, um, and it's a super good tool.
1: Helps you feel supple.
0: Yeah, supple leopard.
1: Yeah. Do you have a, So I'm curious, do you have a recommendation? I've heard a lot of different recommendations for how many passes up and down you should take on your muscles when you're using a foam roller.
0: Yeah, you know, I've heard quite a few things, too. I've heard two minutes at a site. Um, I've heard you only need three to five passes Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard, you know, up to seven passes, but going very slowly, like one inch of muscle every second.
1: Oh, Um,
0: and that's the slower you go with a foam roller, the more painful it is. Yeah. Um, And you're not looking to make it really painful. I think that's something we need to like throw out the window. Like if it hurts too much, you, you don't need to do it. That's a good sign that you shouldn't do it because like I said, with the cross friction, if it hurts a lot, you could be causing more damage and more inflammation than what you're doing good. Mm. So that make sense. Yes. So like, there's the, also the, okay, your original question, I was going to go off on a tangent, but <laughs> <laughs> my, my personal view, um, do it until, uh, you get a good response. So that will cause, or that's going to, you know, take you to kind of giving some breaks. So if I'm rolling out my quads, I'll probably do five, six passes fairly slow, not rushing through it. uh, And then get up, try a squat or try to move around a little bit. And then, you know, if I still feel like I need some more, I'll do some more. Um, I would, yeah, I usually do no more than 10 passes at a time.
1: Yeah. I'm the same way. 10 passes. I'm usually good. Mm -hmm. A pass being, Down and back. Yes, down and back. Yeah. 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 I want you to tell me about scraping because I feel like this kind of falls under that world of massage. Mm -hmm. And that's become more popular recently, too. Can you talk about that?
0: So like a Theragun, you can go buy a scraping tool now pretty much anywhere. A lot of places have them. Uh, a lot of companies you can go on Amazon, you can buy a scraper. They'll probably send you uh, a lot of companies send like a spray that comes with it. Um, scraping the thing is a lot of these means of recovery are gonna accomplish the same thing, but in just they're different tools. So a scraper, scraping, um, is great for a physical therapist or a PTA because it can save our hands from doing these, this massage work. And you have to think that we're going to be working for, you know, 20, 30 years, hopefully, in this profession. We want to save our hands. Um, so a scraper, um, I've used it a lot so far in my clinicals for uh, medial or lateral epicondylitis, which is on the elbow Either medial epicondylitis is on the inside of your elbow. There's a lot of elbow pain there, also known as tennis elbow. It's caused by really tight uh, wrist flexors. So, I mean, it can be caused by playing tennis or playing golf or bowling or or just holding onto a bar for too long. Pain on the inside of the elbow. So you scrape. So you take the scraper. You always want some sort of cocoa butter or uh, just something on the skin oil. Um, you would scrape really light pressure and you, um, it's a pretty good pace. It's not slow. So like foam rolling, sometimes we like to go really slow one second for every inch. This is not slow, uh, for scraping. Um, you can also go, so I've had my neck scrape before, um, oh, and it was like, it was the best thing I've ever had. It like released everything right away. Um, So for that, we did really quick strokes on my neck. Um, So there's different uh, techniques, um, but overall, it's going to bring blood flow to the area. You're going to see redness if you do it correctly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You're going to see, you could see, God, I always screw this word up, but it's picky eye. Picky eye?
1: Oh, what is that?
0: Picky eye. I think it's picky eye. Um, it's like, it looks like you're breaking the skin. It looks like broken blood. It's pretty much broken blood vessels. Okay. Um, so if you scrape, 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 you're going to see like little red dots pop up. Um, that's normal. That's just blood flow coming to the surface. Um, and also besides blood flow, blood flow, uh, you're going to align those muscle fibers to run smoothly with each other. Like a lot of the other massage forms. And one thing I'll say about bringing blood flow that's one of the most important things with recovery for your muscles because with blood flow comes nutrients, hopefully we're eating correctly uh, comes nutrients um, and oxygen to the area your your muscles need oxygen, especially for low intensity exercise running um, I mean rowing for a long time if you're trying to do a five k or something ten k uh, you need oxygen, so getting that blood flow is just going to promote recovery super important
1: scraping so i've had my legs scrape so quads hamstrings calves it can be pretty painful it can and but i will say you do get pretty immediate results Mm -hmm. which is cool
0: yeah um i would agree it i've never had it been super painful on me but you were dealing with some pretty significant knee pain for a while right
1: Yes. And this was a physical therapist was doing this. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, and you know, there's going to be physical therapists that know more than what I'm saying right now about it. I'm still a student, but from what I've learned, that's what it does. Blood flow. It can bring or make the muscle fibers run parallel with each other. And I too have heard that it's pretty painful sometimes, especially for an injury that you're trying to correct. And it's just not working like your knee pain. Yeah. Um, it was like a patellofemoral syndrome, right? Like you, you just weren't yes. like uh, gliding. So that's that's can be really nagging and really frustrating. So sometimes you have to really dig in and and try to make a change in that muscle fiber. Yeah. So, yeah, scraping. Don't just go out there and do it because you got to know what you're doing.
1: Yes, you really do. Yeah. Do you have anything else in this category of massage?
0: Uh, no, we covered a lot.
1: Yeah. One thing you said (laughs) to me is if you do have kind of nagging muscle play pain, a, see a professional, but Mm -hmm. B, you might need to up your frequency when you first start. So I kind of go in every two weeks to see my massage therapist as just like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what you would call it just for maintenance. Yeah. But in the beginning it could be smart to maybe see them multiple times in one week as you get started to kind of really deal with what you're dealing with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because odds are a massage therapist if you're coming physical therapy you're going to be seen 2 to 3 times a week if it's a significant injury. Massage therapy mm-hmm. that's that's elective. Like you don't no one's calling you to you know, no one's referring you to a massage therapist, but yeah, odds are with a massage therapist, the first visit, they are just going to scratch the surface, Yeah, you know, and then, you know, subsequent visits from there, they can really start digging in to, uh, with broad muscles. And then once it gets really specific, they, I mean, there's so many muscles and so many things that have be going on with a person that's causing knee pain and you can't just address all of them in 90 minutes or right, yeah. like, yeah. So I totally agree. I think the more frequently you can get in, the better, Um, but that's also a cost issue. Um, So, I mean, just starting up is great. All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed that episode. That was part one in our recovery series. We hope you enjoy part two, which will be in your phone, available on iTunes in the next coming weeks. We'll definitely let you know when that one is available. We have some good, good information coming with that one, too, including castor oils, Epsom salts. It's going to be a fantastic episode, so tune into that. Again, if you have an extra second, scroll on down, five-star review. You know the drill. Of course, always discover the warrior warrior within.